Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons on New Year's Eve. Um, we are there's five of us on today, um, and we're going to look back a little bit over uh, 2012 to think about what our thoughts are over 2012. Um, to look back at the final game of the season, in particular the Chelsea, uh, and, and and what we thought about the game overall. Uh, but first of all, let me introduce the guys. Steve, you haven't been on for a little while. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, I hope we're looking back on 2019 and not 2012, because I can't remember 2012. But, um... I said 2012. 2019, yes, you're correct. Yeah, but, yeah, good, man. Uh, had a long old trip back from Sunderland yesterday, so back down in Margate, and yeah, ready to... Ready to crack on with the new year. Yeah, and... I reckon you the Margate Sunderland half and half scarf, then you'd be perfect. No, nah, this nah, ugh, ugh, nah, stop Margate. <laughs> um, Scotty, cheers. This time I'm joining you. I'm not going to any <laughs> airports runs or anything like that. Um, I am truly getting in the uh, in, in the new year spirit. Uh, I've gone over for a couple of beers with a couple of friends over the pub, um, about an hour ago, and uh. I'm officially finished work now, so that's it. Happy, happy, happy end of 2019, and I cannot see the back. I cannot wait to see the back end of it. Um, Good one. Where are you, Trev? Hashtag Where's Trev? Well, don't tell the missus, but I'm in the sister-in-law's bedroom. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm just keeping out of the way, and because uh, I'm up in St. Ellen still visiting the the in-laws, I've. Uh, I've got an early start tomorrow to come down for the game. So I've got in the nine o'clock train from St. Ellis to get me down to London nice and early. But yeah, at the moment, I'm up north. I'm up, I'm up north where I've had fish, chips and peas for dinner today, lad. Okay. And <laughs> we... <laughs> no gravy. No, mushy peas, mushy. You have some gravy? No, no, I couldn't, I oh. couldn't have... They have chips on gravy up here, you know, boys. They're not normal. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's so, so much gravy. So much Maybe. gravy. <laughs> oh. You have salt and vinegar on chips. That's it. You ain't, you ain't not north. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> Mike, how are you doing? Good, good. How's everyone else? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. good. And with no expense spared, we have got our own whore in. We have got <laughs> the podcast whore. Uh, Mr. Danny Potts. Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ferg. Roll on 2020, mate. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to the new year. Uh, 2019 can do one, so 2020 needs to be better, I'm sure. Yes, for lots of reasons, lots of reasons. <laughs> but um, who have we got in the chat then so far? Let's have a look. We have um, Donna. Hello, Donna. Love that photo we had in the coronet, by the way. I thought yeah, you should have jumped in on that one. Uh, Steve done a good job. Richard, Chris, um, I think, Chris, this is your first one, I believe, from um, Proper Arsenal Invited. Um, so, uh, yeah, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Let's kick it off then. We look at the, um, the Chelsea game. What did you think of the lineups? And, Steve, you're the, the stat guy. I'll start with you. I said, what did you make of the lineup of the, um, of the Chelsea game? Um, I thought it was fairly standard. I think a, a lot of people were obviously calling out for Pepe to start. Um, Nelson wasn't wasn't that good against um, was it Bournemouth? Bournemouth? Everton? I can't, I can't even remember now. It's been so much football this week. It's been it's been nice, you know, bar a few results. But um, yeah, he he didn't have his best game. So a lot of people were calling out for Pepe. I considering Arteta reacted to Nelson at the full time whistle. I thought Nelson would start. Obviously, Socrates getting his concussion, he was gonna, he was always gonna be out. Um, so Chambers was gonna come back in after suspension. Fullbacks the same. Um, Xhaka apparently ill, or he's in Germany signing some contracts. I don't know. Um, I don't think he was ever gonna play. So I think lineups were fairly standard. And Trev, uh, your thoughts overall on, on how we lined up? Ozil started. Against Chelsea, I don't think we could have put a different side out, could we, Fergus? We, I think we, we struggled. What we we would struggle. Yeah, we played what we had and uh, played all right. Then we will move on to that. I know, but yeah, I, I yeah, couldn't yeah. see anyone else he could choose. I, 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 I didn't want Pepe in. Pepe was on the bench, which is, I think, where he should be at the moment on current form. And I thought starting eleven was, was 
about the best we could do, to be honest. And Mike, um, Chambers started the game. Obviously, he's got injured, which we'll talk about. But um, uh, people were saying, "Oh, don't want Chambers and don't want him on the uh, out on the on the wing." How, what did you make of the the, the period he was on uh, on the pitch for? What what did you make of it? Did you think he went along well uh, alongside Louise? Was it a good? What Chambers on the wing? No, Chambers. People were talking about we didn't want Chambers on the wing. Well, he's um, not going to be on the wing as a defender. Well, <laughs> <laughs> how many beers you had? It's be a long day, isn't it? It's really going to be a long day. <laughs> you said wing, not me. Well, on 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 the on the side, on the side, whatever, the whatever side, you want. In the side. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Too many. Um uh, well, it's more like could, could we have chose could we have chose anybody else at the minute to play again to play with Louise? Because like uh, Steve says, Socrates was still injured with concussion and our only other option is well and we had two other options with uh, Mavropanos and Mustafi. Uh, we all know how we feel about Mustafi and there you go. And uh, Mavropanos, he hadn't, he hadn't even played a game yet. Uh, he hadn't even played in the league yet. So it, it had to be Chambers. Dan, we were at the game. Um, we met up for in the Coronet for a couple of beers beforehand. Uh, obviously, as I said, met with your mum and your dad and uh, a few others. You met my grandson and, and my uh, future son-in-law, I expect, or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so it, it, it was a quite a nice gathering with Mark and, and, and Jason and so on. What did you what did you make of we, when we looked at lineups? We I think like what Trev said in his smart overcoat, um is is <laughs> we could we couldn't have we couldn't have really done much else, could we? No, we're down to bare bones, ain't we? You know, it's particularly at the back. And it looks to have got even worse now, which we'll go on to. But I wasn't really too surprised to see Chaka out the side because of the rumours of him leaving the club. So Gwen is the only real option that we've got him due to Sabayos still being uh, not fully fit. It was a kind of a bit of a surprise that Reese Nelson got another start. I think Steve touched on the fact that Pepe didn't start. Um, but for me, I actually I actually thought that Nelson was... He's one of those players who does try, gives his all, but he's not quite at the quality. But it looks to me like Mikel Arteta wants to use him as a little bit of a project, a little bit of an experiment for him. Um, there's a lot of rumours that Mikel Arteta was one of the main reasons that Raheem Sterling was has been so good over the last year. So if he can uh, if he can get improved Reese Nelson, then then I'm all for that. So if he wants to try and get behind him and try and better Reese Nelson, then I can see why he's sticking with him. I actually didn't think he was too bad. So I just think that Mikel Arteta is trying to get some of these youngsters involved and that's what I wanted to see. You know, he's got to get hold of some of these young players to see which ones of them he can coach. And if he could look at Reese Nelson as being one of those options, then I'm fine by that. So, um, yeah, I was I was okay with the team selection. Okay. Um, I got a few comments on here about um, Richard Butler said that uh, he could be uh, called a wing back. Uh, our Bradley said we should just try Chambers on the wing. Uh, Chris is obviously very uh, amused by that. Cheers, Chris. Thanks very much. I need a mate nah. like you. <laughs> you said it. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you crucified me. That Stella is yep. not good for you. No. Nope. <laughs> I'd have crucified you without the Stella. I know you would have. I know you would. You know, you know me too well already. Listen, you want to you want to get our message on, on our, our our message groups, and then you'll know. Chambers got injured about fifteen minutes into the game, and that really changed our options from what uh, Trev said and, and what Dan said as well about we were quite limited down to bare bones. Chambers had to come off. Um, gladly, I think he walked off. I think, what, three or four weeks, do you reckon? Yeah, he's done his ACL, hasn't he? So, it's, yeah, it's probably looking three three to five, maybe six. Okay. It could have been a lot worse. That could have been a nine-month. It could have been a year layoff. You know, it could have been really bad. Um what did we make of the first half? Um, I thought, I thought, you know, yeah, we got the early goal, um, um, and I, I thought, I thought we were, you know, I, I thought we dominated the uh, Chelsea. Chelsea didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to deal with this. They started with a three at the back. They had to make a change, and uh, they took off was <clears> it Emerson <throat> for uh, Jovino. Uh, Mike, do you want to remember this one? Who me? Yeah, um, yeah. we were. Basically, it was our game up until the 35th minute. Lampard recognised that we had a problem. Uh, Ozil was a problem. He was having a great game up until that point. 
as soon as he brought Jorginho on, I think it completely changed the game. He, he shut Ozil. He was there to do a job and man Mark Ozil and he did it all the way through. And I think that was the that was the best part. That was a brilliant, brilliant tactical move by Lampard. Unfortunately, I don't think we made a tactical change to change it up throughout the game. And I think that was our issue. Uh, but yeah, first our first 35 minutes, I think we owned it. We we should have had more than really. I think we should have had more than one. We had the chances. Just unfortunately, we was uh, you know he just uh, Lacazette is not really overly confident in front of goal at the minute, and I think that's it's he needs to get a goal to bring his confidence back. Dan thoughts? Yeah, the Jorginho sub changed the game, didn't it? You know, I spoke to Johnny at half time, and we said that they look a different Chelsea since he's come on. First 35 minutes, I thought every single player was top draw. I looked at Aubameyang working back. I looked at Nelson helping out, make the Niles tracking back. Everybody was um, sensational. The one player, one positive, I will say, actually, since Arteta's come in, if I had to pick one player as a positive, it would be Lucas Torreira because the last couple of games I've seen him play, he's been playing in defensive midfield in a position which apparently he plays in. Funny that. So uh, the reason we bought him was when he was at Sampdoria in Uruguay, he was sensational in as, a, as a defensive midfielder. And he looks brilliant for us there the last couple of games. I thought the first half hour he was the best player of the park, head and shoulders above anybody on the pitch, not just for Arsenal. I thought he was brilliant. So um, that's one positive for me. The Jorginho, as, as Scunny said, he just come and sat on Ozil and Ozil was just out of the game. I mean, he's dreadful, wasn't he, second half? And yeah, it, it man, got, it, the thing is, he brought Jorginho onto man Mark Ozil and that's all he did throughout the game. The problem is that I find is with Ozil, I think he's a one-track band. He's a one-man band, sorry. He's not, he's not, doesn't seem clever enough to move into the space himself. No. You know, he could have come back, sat with Guendouzi and Torreya and may pick himself a bit of space, you know, make make some moves, but he just didn't. He, he just not intelligent enough. He let, he, yeah, he's not intelligent enough. He's he, not intelligent he let, enough to drop off. And, well, yeah, he let boys, that's running. a big statement, that is. Yeah, I'm I, not I, sure I, was, I agree with that, boys. Yeah, so absolutely, that I question that. Go on, Trent. Well, to sum up where we've been, you've got to go back to the Everton game, right? When when Arteta stood in the centre stands and I sat there watching that game and I thought, OK, it seems to be a different bit of a buzz around this. Then we went to Bournemouth and I told you boys before the game against Everton, uh, excuse me, against Chelsea, that at Bournemouth, we looked, we'd done lots of different things a lot better, right? And we saw a better Ozil. We saw an amazing Terrera, right? And uh, now we, we went, we went, we played against Chelsea, and and Ozil played well. He was he was running all over the park. He was doing the business. Terrera, got to agree, Terrera was the best player on the, on the park for both sides, right? For both sides. Um, and then Ozil, Ozil got what got tired, and he whizzed him off, and that's exactly what he needed to do. And Ozil came off. When he came off, he looked a different player. He didn't have his head down. I think he thought, yeah, I've given it me all and I've got subbed. And that, that was really promising and, to see. And the, cra- the, way the crowd was. also, Trev, told him that he gave it his all. And and, yeah. and the crowd the crowd applauded him. Um, there were some people singing his song. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think overall, um, the, the crowd were, were pleased with the performance. Steve, what did you make of Ozil's uh, performance in particular um, for, for, for the game? I, I I think as everybody else has touched on, I think he had a he had a very good game, probably one of his best performances in a long while. Um, obviously, he got marked out of the game when Jorginho came on, but um, yeah, he, his his head seems to be up. He seems to be wanting to to find that space going forward and play, you know, try and play the passes. I think uh, you know, as as Mike said about Lacazette not being confident in front of goal. I think if Lacazette was in form. These you know these games we wouldn't be talking about missed chances because Özil's creating the spaces, he's, he's being able to play the ball through, and if we can if we can continue that and and I think a lot of that stems from having a defensive midfielder being able to to win the ball back and then you've got someone like Guendouzi or Xhaka uh, against Bournemouth to 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 get the ball forward into that area where Özil's playing. I th- I think you know we could see some. Was lack of that bad? Like there's two or three. I, I thought he had an okay um, thought, game. Thought, on, the, on the ball, on the ball, I thought he was better than he was against Bournemouth. Um, yeah. I think he was. He was drawing defenders. He was. He was playing into spaces. He was trying to palm the ball off. Um, but uh, Chelsea's defense were dogged. Um, 
And I think that played a part. But when when he had a couple of clear chances to put the ball in the back of the net, he fluffed it. And I think, uh, you know, that does come from confidence. We've seen it over the years with Lacazette. So, uh, but better, he, I think he played better than he did against Bournemouth. But I think I think more will come. Okay, Mike, uh, you said he, he wasn't he wasn't bad. Uh, just to touch on the Ozil thing, quick. Um, uh, I'm not taking anything away from him. I thought he's had the best last two games has probably been the best we've ever seen him for a long time. Like Steve said, yes. I'm not taking anything away from him. What I'm saying is, is that Lampard made the great tactical move mm. by bringing Jorginho on, and he shut him out the game. He man marked him, and that's what he wanted him to do. That's why he brought him on the 35th minute. I think everyone was shocked that Lampard made a sub on the 35th minute, but it worked. So I'm not taking anything away from Ozil. I just think he got man-marked out of the game. And I think that's where we needed to make a tactical change in the second half. As for Lacazette, uh, no, it's just a confidence thing. He didn't have a bad game. I wouldn't say he was terrible. He just is he's not great in front of goal at the minute. And, that, and like Steve said, I'm going to reiterate on that. He's lacking confidence. He needs a goal. At halftime... Uh, yeah, you're right, mate, yeah. He had one golden chance in the first half, then and he he blazed it Spied over, it. didn't he? Yeah, like it over. Yeah, he just he just needs a goal, the boy. But he, he can't he can't fault his effort levels. He can't fault any of them's effort levels, can you? You know, I'm really excited. You know, really well, that, excited that, that, about what I've seen. At half time, uh, myself, yourself, and and Johnny and uh, Danny, we all met outside block five as normal, and. Um, you were very, very upbeat, and you got ah, oh, really feel good, Ferg. Really, which which I have no issue with, but I was a little bit more reserved, and I said, you "Was yeah, you were, yeah, you were." We look, we look good. We look structured. We looked, you know, I, I I was pleased with the way we were playing, but I wasn't as exuberant as yourself. Well, you see, the the thing is, Fergus, right? Even after the game, when we've come off, we've lost two one. And we met for a beer after, didn't we? We were all on a bit of a downer, right? But on reflection, we had no right to still be on a downer because if nine times out of ten we'd have won that game playing like that, we were smashed and grabbed, right? 83rd, 87th minute, we were smashed and grabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one blaring weakness that we've still got. I'll move on to whenever we get a chance to talk about it. But we, we, we did all right, you know. Yeah, Chelsea played better second half, but it's Chelsea. They're going to play better. Bloody hell. You know, they've got a great side. They've got great players. They're going to play better. And and we, we were dogged and we played all right. And and then, as I said, we poor old Leno. You, you know, you can't blame Leno. He's made one mistake all season and it comes against Chelsea and costs us a goal. I feel really sorry for the boy. You know, and then, of course, the second goal. I hate saying that anybody let us down. Maybe they didn't let us down. Maybe it's just the standard of players they are. How the hell they made all that ground, Chelsea, before either Luis or Mustafi tried to get a tackle in for that second goal? Well, I do not know. So, well, we're, disappointing. We're, but that's the only disappointing thing. Look at the big picture. I'm still buzzing. I'm still buzzing. No, I've got one so concern. Look, I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay, which when, when we get round to it naturally, just jump in. But looking at yeah. the second half, okay, so you talked about. Um, Kai just said, uh, but a message up there said, huge effort from the lads, fitness definitely an issue. And we talked about Emery and how much more he uh, drilled and done more fitness training with uh, the players in comparison to what Emery did. But you could obviously see that they were absolutely blown out of their backsides um, by the time the 60, 70th minute gone. And, and for me, it changed at the point where David Luiz kicked... Um, Rudiger in the head, not not necessarily on purpose, but like you know, um, and and then there was a, a a five minute sort of or three or four minute uh, injury time break, and and it wasn't long after that that they got a, the goal, and and obviously they'd done the formation change, etc. Et in the first half, but it, the game took a turn at that point. I think we lost a little bit of our momentum. Um, you talked about the Leno uh, Leno goal. Who wants to come in, Dan? Do you want to come in on on, on the Leno one? Yeah, I'll come in on the Leno one. Listen, it's the first uh, mistake he's made for a, a long, long time. We talk about it being a happy new year. I can't remember a, a mistake that he's made um, of a of a howler like that. So I'm not going to get on the, on the lad's back. I think in 2019, I saw a stat today that he's the goalkeeper in the league that's made the most saves. 
So we have a lot to be thankful for for him. I think he's a top draw goalkeeper still. And I think that it, he's just got it, his timing wrong and he? he's come for the cross. He's missed it. And Jorginho has not even accept, he's, you know, expected it. He's just tapped it in. It's come to me. He can't believe his luck. So I'm not going to have a go. And then a lot of people saying his distribution was poor, but I, I, I'm a fan of the lad. I think that, you know, there's a lot more players to be looking at and concerned about than, than our goalkeeper. That's for sure. So I, I'm not going to sit here and start slating Leno at all. I got in. I got into a de- uh, a bit of a debate over uh, somebody on very innocuous post on Arsenal fans forum um, about Leno and uh, somebody saying he should have been booed and so on. Um, but you know, listen, I, I, that will help him. That will help him, won't it? This yeah, that, that's really really good, isn't it? The guy yeah, who had the most hate in the league and going to give him a boo. Nice one. Yeah, cheers, mate. I think he's well said, boys. I'm glad you've raised that, boys. I'm I've always raised, raised Leno. That, boys. I think he saved us a lot of the time. I you can't know, believe I've seen being negative... so bad, I think he's exactly. saved us a lot. I Go can't on, believe I've seen any negative comments at all this week about our performance. Mm-hmm. You're embarrassing. Any of you guys watching on Facebook have been negative this week. In any way, shape or form, you're embarrassing. right? I've, I don't care who you are or what you are. Having looked at where we were six weeks ago and where we are now, how can you even say a bad word about that? You know, Leno made a mistake. So what? Name me a goalkeeper in the league that ain't made a mistake this year. You know, we played against Chelsea, a top, top side. Yeah. Coming off a good win at Tottenham. Coming off a good win at Tottenham. Chelsea's confidence is through the roof. And we've played them off the park first half and we've run out of steam. We've done, Mm. we've done really, really well. Really well. I think you Chris mentioned comes about... along and says, "Go, sorry, Steve. One second. Chris come along and said um, he thinks Leno contrib- contributes as much in his saves to help us because he has saved the most shots than any other mm-hmm. keeper in the league. Probably because we got one of the worst defenses. Um, as much as Abamyang contributes in his goals, which is a very good point, Steve. Go on. Yeah, you know, as Trev said, look where we were six weeks ago, and the the comment that seems to appear, whether it be Twitter on YouTube videos in the forum." People would always say, you know, at the beginning of the season and and all through, you know, the real down period, even if we're losing games, what I want to see is a performance. And people say that time and time again. So if you, as Trev said, if you're being negative over the last couple of weeks because of a couple of, you know, points being dropped, then, yeah, you really need your head checked because when you look at the performance in comparison to the actual result, it's so much better. You know, we're, we're watching the game. We're enjoying the game for the most part. Players are putting in uh, a shift. You know, they're not sulking when they're coming off, you know, even as as we said with Ozil. And I, and I think Arteta has bought a buzz and the players are wanting to try and get better. They're wanting to try and, you know, do the best they can. And that's why they're running out of steam because they're putting everything, everything they've got and leaving nothing, nothing on the pitch. What I gonna say I think that, I think they're running out of steam for a different reason. I think that it was they're basically just down tools for Emery, and I think that's obviously yep. cost it's costing yep. them now. Oh, yeah, they, they you know so that's, they that's why they've been training as hard as they could have yeah. been. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the fitness is as not as great as what it mm. should be. But we shouldn't really look into that so much. It was you know it was just unfortunate against Chelsea. It was uh, mm. like like I said before the tactical changes. I think we needed to make some tactical changes earlier than the seventieth minute. I think we should have maybe done it at fifty, you know, around yeah. the fiftieth minute mark or something. But you know, you know, but this is, sorry, I go think on. The, cha- the Chambers injury affected the substitutions that we could have made. It did, um, possibly, possibly, but that was, you know, that was early into the first half, you know, and after Jorginho take- come on to the thirty-fifth minute, I think that's, you know, after sometime after the into the second half, I think them changes need to be made. I understand with Nelson, and I know Nelson may have had a good game, but he's more. I think he was more. He's on more at the minute because he is more defensive than what uh, Pepe is. Okay. But at that point, I think maybe instead of the 85th minute, we needed to be bringing him on on the at least possibly between the 60 and 70th minute. I think maybe to try and get a goal because you know uh, it, I think oh, with Özil being shut out, we needed someone to make moves. We needed someone to attack there as well as Aubameyang and Lacazette. We needed someone to attack their defence. But you know that's just me saying it. I'm just having my opinion. It's not obviously his opinion, uh, everyone else's opinion. So it's just a case of oh, I yeah. think the tactical changes were made too late. Are we now like what Dave Atkinson says? We're like Liverpool when Klopp first took over. Uh, we need two goal to be two goals up after 60 minutes uh, before we run out of steam. Um, to be honest, uh, Dave, I think we need to be three goals up because uh, even when we're one nil up, um, I turned around to the guys around us and I said. Pfft, 
yeah, we need another. Some some of them said, and I said, well, actually, we could probably do with two more. Um, so I think we need a three goal cushion. And uh, you know, yeah. we were um, <clears throat> seven minutes away from um, a you know a victory, as uh, Paul says. It was a very close game. It was it was a good game. Um, but Richard asked, should we have played when we went? Um, when we went uh, and, and and Chelsea equalised, and we'll talk about that equalise uh, that equalised in a second because there's a bit of controversy around Jorginho or whatever his name is. Um, do you think we should have just shut up shop after that point and just held on for the point? Because I think, you know, the, the forget about relegation, and everything else, but uh, the the fact of dropping three points at home currently now for. Arsenal Football Club and the fan base, not necessarily the fan base within the stadium, but definitely the the greater and larger fan base um, just creates more hatred and not necessarily toxic um, atmosphere, but definitely a negative vibe. Uh, what 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 do you think, Trev? Yeah, Fergus, you don't show up shop without defence, son. It don't hmm. happen, right? That is true. I'm going to say we're not good enough to show up shop. We took we took Chamber, Chambers had to go off right, and from my perspective, Chambers Chambers was Chambers carries Louise at centre half right because Chambers is a proper centre half right. So when you've got Mustafi and Louise, you can't shut up shop. There's too many mistakes there anyway in the natural course of the game. Our best chance of of, of holding on to a point or even going on a nick of two one was to keep playing the way we, we were trying to play. Absolutely, you know. You've not got Adams, Bold, Winter, Bernard Dixon at the back. We've got to be honest with ourselves, you know. We've not mm-hmm. got that class of player. So I don't think we've got the, the capability to shut up shop. I genuinely don't, you know. So, no, I think we did right. And, and, and as, as the lads have said and, and Mike rightly said, maybe we could have made the changes earlier. But we didn't do a lot wrong. The second Nothing. goal was bad defending, right? But apart from that, we didn't do a lot wrong. You know, we, we played really well. We played really well, and I'm telling you, Arteta's got a massive problem between, before tomorrow's game. He's got a massive problem, Arteta, in that they've played really well, the boys, right? And 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 we've been saying for weeks now it's about the fans being down. Well, the fans weren't down against against Chelsea. We were loud and proud, boys. I was proud yeah. of every Arsenal fan in that ground, right? But now the players are going to be down. The players are now sitting at home thinking, "Oh God, I'm playing again tomorrow. I played my socks off against Chelsea." And we still ain't managed to get a point out of the game. I can't do any more. That's what they're thinking. So Arteta has now got to get them all together and say, look, you need to be up again, boys. We're on the way up. You know, Rome weren't built in a day. We've done really well against Chelsea. And we're going to do better against Man U. So Arteta's got a job, and I think lifting them, if I'm on that, from my perspective, yeah. But this but is where it comes we'll... in again. This is where it comes in again with what Trev said there, which is a great point about we haven't got Lee Dixon, Tony Adams, Nigel Winterburn anymore. These fans that are saying that we should be booing Leno, they're still living in 15 years ago. We haven't got Patrick Vieira and Sol Campbell anymore. We've got Granite Xhaka and Mustafi. We now need to be realistic about where we're going. We're bang average. We are a bang average side at the minute. Uh, and I've said that for a long time. Yeah. I've said that for a long time and the, the results prove that, you know, we can't beat teams that are in the relegation zone. We're on the same current form as relegation zone. We need to be realistic with ourselves. We can't sit there and look back at 15 years ago and think that we're going to be challenging for titles anymore because we're not. This is just the reality of it. So when people say that oh, I'm really frustrated that we're not, you know, competing with the likes of Liverpool and Man City, they're deluded because we haven't got the same teams of quality in them. You know, we're putting out youngsters. These youngsters are now kind of becoming... Uh, our, our, our kind of solution as opposed to an option we've got. A lot of them are just being thrown in the deep end because we haven't got, we're down to bare bones. You know, you look at Saka, he was, I think he might even be injured now because he was so dead to the world. He couldn't keep up with William for the goal because he was he so, did. so tired and he, he just looked like his legs yeah. were dead. Yeah, his legs were dead. I thought Maitland-Niles played really, really well on, um, on at great. the weekend. I thought he was excellent. And, you know, these, these are young boys, you know, young, young boys and people can you know, point at them and, and say that some of them aren't going to make it. In my opinion, I don't think all of them will make it. I think there's about three that I think will make it. And I think they're Saka, Martinelli and Guendouzi. I think the others won't, won't make it at Arsenal. I'm hoping I'm wrong. But, you know, the, 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 these are young lads that are still learning and we've got to give them time. You, you touch on Guendouzi. Um, Guendouzi was fouled by Jorginho 
um, for what should have been a second yellow. Mm, he worked out a bit easy, though, didn't he? But, yeah, it was a foul. That, 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 that's exactly what I was going to ask. Was it uh, Jovino, um, not, um Guendouzi was a victim of what I've been saying. He's a bit flappy and floppy, and he went Absolutely. down... Oh, so easy. In the ground... In, in, all, in all fairness on that, I was going to cut in, sorry. In all fairness on that, yes, it should have been a second yellow. The problem being with that is Lacazette. He went in there running in with his shirt pulling, saying he pulled his shirt. He did pull his shirt. But the reason why he didn't get a yellow, I think, and I don't, I don't know if he was going to get a yellow anyway, Jorginho, but I think that was one of the reasons. That's why Lacazette got a yellow, because he was kicking off too much at the ref. There was no need to kick off at the ref like he did. So you know, both. I well, think the problem he had was the problem he had was Lucas Torreira just got booked for exactly the same thing. That was the no problem. So all of the, as well. Yeah, so all of the all of the players were, were were yeah. going mental. So that was what it was. But yeah. you're right, mate. He, he did go a bit OTT, but it was frustrating. I think the fans found it frustrating. I was a bit surprised mm. that it, it wasn't a, a booking. But then you can't complain about it. You got to get on with the game, and you and. You know, that is football. And and, and we didn't. And Jorginho goes and scores. And to be fair, he was one of the better players on the pitch when he did come on. I personally wasn't one of these one of these uh, fans who threw, threw Teddy in the corner and got frustrated. I thought Chelsea deserved to win. I thought it was a great first half, game of two halves. They were better in the second half. And they won it fair and square. I didn't look at it and think, you know, oh, we could have done it. It was a couple of errors by us. So what are we supposed to do? Get, get you know, start throwing a Teddy in the corner saying it's out of order. No, Chelsea won the game, fair and square. So I'm just texting my wife downstairs to turn the telly down because it's uh, so... <laughs> no, I, I do, I do think, I do think I was, was gutted about it. Don't get me wrong, I was yeah. gutted about it. Definitely but, you went know. against us, but as you say, Chelsea, you know, both goals, the, the Leno goal, regardless of whether Jorginho should have been on the pitch, was an error from Leno and Luis oh, and Mustafi uh, for the second goal. Uh, you know, they're two errors that that we caused. So regardless of whether. They should have been down to ten men, as you say. They, you know, the two goals came from, gen, you know, genuine mistakes from our part. So, well, you could argue. You could also argue the fact that VAR should have been involved as well with the Jorginho goal because mm-hmm. he pushed Torreira over. But mm-hmm. instead of VAR doing its job and checking the actual v- foul, they was checking for outside. So work that one out. VAR, you know. So there is that. You, you could argue jam. that one, but it's that, that's mm. the case. That's football. You know, you just got to get yeah. on with it and think right. We had a good game. We played yeah. well. We lost. Let's move on to Man United. I you think know, Trev's, right. Trev's right. Trev's absolutely right in terms of positives to take from the game. Mm-hmm. There were positives to take from the game. So let's get behind the boys and, and see what we can do tomorrow. I think it's going to be tough because I thought that we had more of a chance of taking three points um, against Chelsea than Man United, personally, uh, because Man United have hit a bit of form and on a bit of a purple patch and they've got pace and power. Um, and that actually is actually how Chelsea beat us was pace and power through Willian and uh, and and Abraham's uh, winner. But for me, it's got to be some positives taken from it because we've got a young squad, boys. We just got to get behind the lads. So talking about positives, yeah. See, just uh, going back on. to Gwen Doozy, boys. Just yep. going back to Gwen Doozy. He's sort of made his own bed. He's got a line here a bit now, and he, you know because. He's gone down easy. We've we've talked about it on here several times. Fergus more than most about how easy he goes down, and how flappy he is. So if I'm refing Arsenal next week, I do my own work on Arsenal v Chelsea. I look at all the players. I'm the ref of a big game, and in the back of my mind, I've got that Gwen Doozy's gone down easy all season. I'll just be careful when I give decisions and what I do, you know. So has he made his bed now, and is he lying in it a little bit, you know? Um, he is because I can't he see is. any other reason he wouldn't have given a free kick there. Yes. Listen, moving, finishing off on this game and then just moving on to some of the stuff we're going to talk about in the Man United game and so on. Um, Leno, we've said, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. Ozil, we touched on Ozil. Is he forgiven? Is he, you know, are we starting to see the Ozil of old? Is, is one game, one and a half games... Good enough? Anybody? Anybody? No. Wants? One and a half games or even two games isn't good enough. No, he's got a long way to go for me. You know, two games don't cut it. Yeah, he's played well. I'm not going to take that away from him. But what I'm going to say is now, you know, it's you've had three, four, five seasons of absolute crap, spitting his dummy out, kicking his gloves, and then being injured the next day. Now, nah, I'm sorry, you've got a long way to go, and it, if you're going to prove it, now's the time. And another another player that um, we are critical of, um, former Chelsea player David Luiz, 
had a great game against Chelsea in the main uh, in in red and white. Um, I think we talked about him. He's the type of a player that gives a two out of ten or a ten out of ten performance. Unfortunately, we've had more twos than tens. Um, do you think he had a good game? Yeah, I did. I thought he was very good, actually, um, Fergus. I didn't think he was bad at all. I think that it was a bit of a shame that the lad uh, who had to come on next to him uh, had to had to get involved. But um, David Luiz alone, yeah. I, the problem with David Luiz is, like you say, he has got an error in him. Like that is just the way it is. And unfortunately, he's he's made quite a few for us in this season since he's come to Arsenal. Um, I don't hate the guy, but um, he's not going to be our answer long term. And, and I think everybody knows that David Luiz is, is what he is. You ask all Chelsea uh, Chelsea fans, they'll say exactly the same. They'll say that David Luiz was doing exactly what he's doing at Arsenal, is, is what he's been doing at Chelsea for four or five seasons. So um, it's, it's no shock to me with David Luiz. You know, we've all been watching him in the Premier League for the last few seasons and we know that he's got an error in him. So um, when he doesn't make an error, it's always nice. Yeah, it is. Listen, that was the Chelsea game. That's the end of 2019 to a certain degree. We now do what we do is our normal Gooner debate, and some of it will hark back to some of the games that we've done. Like I'm, I'm going to look at Chelsea in particular, actually, and what uh, Fat Frank has done, Chelsea's youth and uh, how they've improved. Um, I don't even understand what I've written in this note. Really <laughs> don't. <laughs> but but it, it it it's more about like you know how they, they developed the youth they had a huge squad of 35 40 players out on loan you look at um abraham's mount to a lesser degree but abraham's is a perfect example of the way they've developed and built a team they've also built what some smaller teams do, some like you know, like, like your Norwiches, your Burnley, and so on, where they've got a such a, a much smaller squad, they've built that core um, value. Do you think we're at the start of that process? I think we have to be, yeah. Personally, I think we have to be now. I, I'm fed up of seeing all these senior players. I'm fed up of seeing Mustafi coming on. I'd much rather see Medley because if Medley makes a mistake, then he can actually learn from it and get Arteta behind him. Mustafi doesn't doesn't learn. He's done it for four seasons. So what's the point of bringing these error prone players on? You know, people are saying we're down to bare bones. We have to stick with these players. We can't sell them now. Get rid of them and just play the under twenty threes. I'm not. I'm not interested in these senior players coming on anymore. I don't want Kalasanak to come back. I'd much rather play the under twenty threes left back. I don't want Chaka in the team. I'd much rather play that Harry Clark who's just signed the contract or whatever his name was or George Clark, whatever his name is. So I don't really want to see those those kind of senior players much anymore. So for me, that's the way forward is now is to just bring some of this youth through. Um, there's talk of trying to get Saliba and Eddie and Ketia back in January. I personally like to see that. Um, so let's just stick with some of the young guys now. And, and, and they can be coached, you know. Arteta can coach these players. So allow Arteta to coach these players like Chambers and Bellerin and Holden, they're all still young. They all still could learn off of Arteta. I don't think that Meza Ozil, Granit Xhaka and Sayed Kalasinac are going to be learning with David Luiz and Socrates how to play football now and a change of style. And it's like it goes to an old thing when Petr Cech was uh, asked to play out from the back. It's exactly the same with these older players. They can't be taught a new style because it's embedded them for this 20-year period they've been already been playing football. I think we now need to look at a style and that's maybe why he's sticking with Reese Nelson and bringing on Joe Willock and looking at Smith Rowe because they, he, can, he can start to mould them into the, the way that the style that he wants to play and the philosophy of the Arteta way. Hmm. I think, Can't argue I think, with that. Yeah, but, but Xhaka, I, I, I agree with you, Dan. I agree with you, son. I'm only agreeing with you because it's your end there. But um, <laughs> Xhaka and Ozil... I've been better, haven't they, under Arteta? They've shown a massive improvement. So he, he must be changing them in some way. I mean, mm. nothing would make me happier than seeing Willock and Nelson and, and Smith-Rowe and, and Saka and whoever else and, 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 and Ketia come good, you know, and come good. But I don't think they're, I don't think they're all going to, you know. So there's a line to be drawn. And I agree with that. There. I do agree with yeah. that, Trev. I do. You know? I, yeah. I think the, with... thing, the thing with Xhaka is he only had one good game, didn't he? He, he under that... Arteta. He hasn't had loads. 
Uh, with Ozil, yes, he has had a couple of good games, but is he going to revert at some point to Ozil of old or the Ozil we know? You know, you can't take that risk. So I, I get where Dan's coming from. You can't teach a lot of the time. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Look at you two. You know, uh, you and Fergus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can't. You can't, can you? So uh, I, I think I think that's it with with Jacker. It's I think what helped him was the fact that he had a, a defensive midfielder doing the dirty work around him and he Jacker could focus on his game. Same with Ozil. The fact that you've got a, a stable midfield two pivot behind him, he's able to to do what Ozil does. And I think what does help is that Ozil played with Arteta. He's, he's friendly with Arteta and I think it, he has a bit more respect because of that. Whereas Emery came in, he shut him out of the side and whatever happened with him and Emery... Ozil just didn't want to play. And then at the end, Emery was like, well, I'm just going to play Ozil because if he plays bad, then the fans are off my back. Um, but as as Dan said, you've got to you've got to put some of these young players in, in the side now. You've got to get rid of the deadwood. Um, and I think it has worked for Chelsea uh, mainly because of their transfer ban. And Frank Lampard didn't have any other choice. He had to bring but- players back. They haven't got loads of young players playing with No, them, but I mean, like Hudson Adoy has had game time because they weren't stacked up on the wing. They got Pulisic and, and Willian. Um, so Hudson Adoy's coming off the bench. Tammy Abraham has been smashing it in the championship for two or three seasons now. Um, Batshuayi hasn't cut the mustard. Obviously, they got rid of. Uh, who did they? Who, what was the other striker that they have? I can't even remember now. Uh, Murata, that uh, Batshuayi and Murata, wasn't it? Murata went. Um, so they had to, they had to play uh, Tammy Abraham. And and I, I said at the start of the season to a friend of mine who's a Chelsea fan, I said, watch out for Tammy Abraham because he is, he is a quality player. Um, but that came from having two or three seasons on loan. Um, Mason he, Mount, he, he got was, promoted. He got Philip promoted, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, pretty much. I think he scored twenty three goals from last season. He got um, promoted. Aston Villa. Villa. It was, he was Villa that, last yeah. season. Um, yeah, yeah, he was there last season, one of you. And yeah. do you not Mason think, though, Steve, Derby. as well? Do you not think, though, Steve? Looking because you're into young players. When young players have come into the team, they need to have role models to look up to, right? Uh, absolutely. So you and look at you look backed. at what what Chelsea have got. They've got Kante, World Cup winner, mm-hmm. to look up to. They've got Aspilicueta. They've got mm-hmm. Willian. We don't have that, mate. Do we? No, I, that's 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 one of the problems, and that's that's why that's why I think we're seeing maybe a little bit more. Um, a little bit more from the young players in the, in the couple of games that we've we've had, and also when Freddie had taken over, um, just because I don't think Emery had had sort of got down. I know he played them, but I don't think he sort of was on that get down to their level. Explain to them. Obviously, we we had young players, Maitland Niles, Saka. I think it was coming out and saying there was a language barrier, so they 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 tend to. Uh, you know, gravitate more towards what Freddie's telling them to do. Um, I think that was an issue. Um, but also Willock, Smith Rowe, Nelson, they all started coming into this squad under Wenger. So they've been around. And I, th- I think now is it's normally if they're out on loan, they're normally out on loan for two or three seasons. Now is that time where they have to step up or they know they're not going to get that career. They know they're not going to make it. So I think having a young manager with Arteta that's going to put their arm around them, say, look, don't worry if you've made a mistake. Don't worry if you've done this. Well done if you've done this. And I think hopefully that will develop. And you're not going to get that same response from a guy that's on 120 grand that's been playing for 20 years, you just say. Listen, listen the, 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 the fact oh, of the matter is, the, the fact of the matter is, we've won one game in 14, in 14 games mm. in all competitions. So something needs to happen and yeah. something needs to change fast. We have, uh, if we look back at Christmas, at the start of this uh, Christmas period, uh, we looked at uh, the possible 12 points that we had on the table. Nine of those have gone. We've we've got one. Um, and if I'm honest, we'll touch on United. I don't think we're going to get a huge amount more. Um, you know... <sighs> One well, game in fourteen. What 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 needs to change, Trev? If if the improvement continues, Fergus, that we've seen over the last three or four games, then we're in with a shout. We're definitely we're definitely going to be on a level with Man United, and it could go either way. Maybe a bit like the Chelsea game did. Torreira is Torreira is the most important player in our side at the moment, right? Because the man is. It's like we've signed a new signing last couple of games. 
astonishing improvement. And that ties into what Big Steve just said about the youngsters. If the youngsters were coming into a side, I'm going to hark back a little bit, a few weeks ago, they would be thinking, oh, why do I want to play on this side? All these senior players making no effort at all. There's nothing happening. Why do I want to play? But now they're coming in. If they come in and they've got Torreira tearing all over the field, and we've not mentioned it yet, Alabama Yang as well has covered so much more ground the last couple of games. Fantastic. Then these younger players are going to look at Torreira, look at Alabama Yang and think, hang on a minute. I've got some work to do to put, keep up with these boys mm-hmm. and come on from there. So, yeah, I'm that old. I've forgotten what the conversation started now, but we must not forget Torreira and we forgot to mention Alabama Yang. has been fantastic and will continue to be, hopefully. So we've got Man United tomorrow night at eight o'clock. Uh, it's New Year's Day. Um, personally, I I don't know if I'll be up at midnight or not. I'm I might I'm not doing anything special, but lots of uh, lots of fans go out and celebrate till the early hours, two three o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, it, this goes back into like our our room one hundred and one, Trev. Uh, what would you put into room one hundred and one? The TV companies and the change in the fixtures. All ten games are on 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 TV. Uh, tomorrow, which is great, and I think it's the future of um, uh, watching TV in the uh, football on TV in the UK. We will be able to see three o'clocks within the next two years. I, I'm, I'm sure of that. God bless Amazon. I hope so. <laughs> no, le- le- legitimately, we all do it regardless. So, like you know, but legitimately, you'll be able to subscribe to a, a service and get it. But 8 p.m. on New Year's Day, when I would say the majority of people are going back to work the following day. An eight o'clock kickoff for me, even if I drive, and I'm I'm only 15 miles from the ground. Uh, if I drive uh, and leave bang on 90 minutes, I'm still not getting home until half 10. You need a half hour or so to just like chill out before you go to bed. It's 11, 12 o'clock and you're back up at six, five, six in the morning. It, it, it's just ridiculous, especially after such a long a Christmas period of intense football. There's football every bloody day. It's great when we like football, but when you have to go there, and I just and I'm I'm not looking forward. It must I, I, be I, awful I, for I, you, boys. Must be. <laughs> I didn't realise it was eight o'clock. I thought it was earlier than that. No, it's eight o'clock. That's no, mental. Eight o'clock, Steve. Well, it's all right. I've just found out that I was going to try and get to the Chelsea away game on the 21st, and I didn't realise, and I just found out it was at quarter past eight. So it's like, oh, great, driving. No train for me on that one. That's, that's what I mean. For fans that do try, you know, if it, if, or like the Sheffield game, if that was moved to a silly o'clock, and, and in the past, some of the matches, they've been moved from Saturday at three o'clock to, to Monday evening or, or Sunday at four, and, and for fans that do that journey, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, so some of the like some of the Newcastle games and so on like that. If they're a normal time of the year, I don't think it really matters uh, to a certain no, degree. No, I mean, unless you're... only because Steve, just one at a time because the audio just goes a bit funny. Um, the uh, I'm thrown. Um, the, the distance means that we all travel up that far anyway. And a, a lot of people either stay over or go up the n- night before or stay over the night after the game. That, that, that's my only point. Mm. But what but if, if, if it is, yeah, it's expensive, but also if it's moved to the, you know, a game that's the other end of the country has moved from a Saturday three o'clock to a Sunday four, you come out of this ground six, seven o'clock. And as you say, by the time you get back to London and your work on Monday morning, there's just no consideration at all. No, there's not. There's not. And that, and that, and that was the point. Listen, mm. a good stat by Richard. Richard came along and said, uh, we we'll haven't, we, we'll beat United, um, but we haven't lost at home on New Year's Day um, since 1985. But Paul, bar humbug. Oh, can you do bar humbug for New Year's? <laughs> yeah, that's a great stat, but we're really good at breaking these records up late. <laughs> Fingers yeah, crossed, um, we 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 we, uh, we don't break that record and we maintain that record. Um, predictions, guys. What what are you thinking result wise? Not score, but just result wise. What are we thinking? Two two. Um, from my perspective, we. Looking at what we, I'll be happy if we come out with a point. Actually, looking at our defence, looking looking at the, that's just where our little weakness still is. I'll be happy if we come out with a point. To be honest. Okay. Mm. 
Uh, Steve, you went yeah, two two. Yeah, I think I think it'll we'll, there'll be a couple of goals. I'm hoping Lacazette gets one, uh, but I do think we'll go we'll go behind and we'll we'll claw it back. Mike, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, oh, I'd love us to win. I'd love us to get a point, but I'm going to be a bar humbug. I think I'm going to say a two-one loss. And Potsing. Yeah, man. If you think that's bad, I'm I'm going to be worse. Unfortunately, I've gone for a three-one United. Unfortunately, oh, I just don't no. think our I don't think our defence is going to be good enough. Seeing as Saka's out, Chambers is out, we're going to have to play Mavropanos and Louis at the back, Mustafi right back, is and Maitland-Niles left back. Yeah, he's out. I think Harry will so, be. Yeah, with that back four, man. Woo! Who's oh, playing dear. left back then? Nanjing. Yeah, Nail. I think Mustafi will have to go right back. Mavropanos in the middle. Or I think, we bring in Bowler. That's what I mean. But I think we're in trouble. Either way, either way, yeah. I think Rashford, Rashford, uh, Martial, and Dan James will be going. Yeah, get a Bamiang at left. Back. Yeah, we will. had a yeah, decent yeah, game yeah. the other day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we're 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 not overly confident. Uh, about the game. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm normally wrong, so I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> so do I, because my brother's the Man United fans, as you know. So, you know, and I have to I have to meet up with Rory. Fortunate enough, he's leaving the country for New Year's, so I <laughs> I won't have to see him for a little while. Um, the uh, final thing that we got on here is 2020 thoughts. I actually made a note on here. Uh, looking at 2020, and uh, we'll have a reflection back on one topic as well on 2019. But um, actually, let's do the 2019 thing because it's far more positive than what I was going to talk about. Um, we uh, uh, sent on a message group um, uh, an idea for a question of name the goal that you remember um, of the season and uh, the goal, the goal of the year, goal of 2019. Uh, for you and why but we all knew we'd all pick a particular goal generally against Spurs or whatever so once somebody had picked that goal nobody else could pick it so uh, for example if you you know if somebody picked the 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 Ramsey FA Cup final one back in a few years ago um, then nobody else could pick that one so we start with I'll start with Steve Steve you went um, uh, you went for one New Year's Day Last yeah. year, oh, this yeah, year, um, Lacazette against Fulham. Um, some real nice interplay, a nice bit of ticky tacker. Not quite on the level of Jack Wilshere versus Norwich or Rasiski versus Sunderland, but um, I was watching some goals back and I saw that one. And, and I, I remember at the time I was pretty ecstatic. And Ramsey got one soon after. But I think just for the just for the style of play, it was a nice little cut back, a couple of flicks, and then you know back of the net. I think that was you know, a year ago. But uh if it wasn't that one it would have been would have been the Xhaka against De Gea I think in March. But Lacker against Fulham for me. Um Potsing. <laughs> That's a great comment by the way they've just put up. Um <laughs> I've just seen that. <laughs> um so I've went. I've gone. <laughs> I, the, the two that stuck to my, in my, my mind were actually from 2018 because it was the one that Triv first brought up, which was the Torreira goal against Spurs at home, and the other one for me was the Abamyang one, which was tick attack of at Leicester where we beat them three one. But they were actually 2018. So uh, thinking back to 2019, I've gone for Valencia away, Abamyang strike, which was a kind of headed um, on from Lacazette and then smashed in. So I've gone for Aubameyang in Valencia because it was such an important one. We knew we were going through to the next round and we really wanted to obviously win that Europa League. So for me, I kind of wanted to go for something that meant a lot more of importance. Uh, and I remember that goal, getting excited by that one because not only was it a great strike, but um, we'd pretty much confirmed our place in the next round. So, Scunny, you can go next. Well, I was last to the party, wasn't I? I saw the decent ones. I haven't even got you a goal down yet. I don't know what you're going for. So this is going to be a surprise. Oh, I put on the message group. I was, uh, yeah, I was last in the group. I was a uh, late one in. So everyone else had chose the best ones. But I was like, Dan, you know, uh, oh, the to- oh, yeah, the Bamiyan goal against Tottenham. was like, oh, crap, that's 2018. Shit, I can't use it. Uh, so uh, I I had to go recent. So I'm I'm going to say Pepe against West Ham, uh, where he cut in, cut in on Ooh. his left and he smashed it into yeah. the top corner. Yeah, that was a great goal. Yeah, good goal. Good goal. Uh, Trev, 
Can you light another candle, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, I'm uh, I'm sorry. Don't take the mickey out of the old boy, boys. But uh, uh, as I said, I'm stuck in the sister-in-law's bedroom here. I don't tell the missus. Um, but yeah, it, it, for me, my goal. We, my sounds awful as well, yeah. But I take it we're talking about my goal of the year. Well, mine was Ramsey at Wembley against Tottenham. Just. Just because he broke from the halfway line and you're thinking, come on, Ramsey, come on, Ramsey. And it was one of them, oh, he's made a mess of it. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. And then it hits the back of the net and you think, yes, we've, we're one up against Tottenham. And then he does that wonderful celebration where, where he points at the grass and he says, hey, this is my turf. You know, you Tottenham boys, you yeah. think you live here. This is my turf. Wonderful. What, what Wonderful, wonderful goal, wonderful moment. But unfortunately, that bad that game at the highlight and the low light of the season for me. But we're talking about highlights, so we'll leave the low light. It was it was wonderful goal the way it was. Yeah. It was it was your last game in the UK, wasn't it? You what, mate? It was your last game in the UK, wasn't it? Was it, I, I think it was. You know, yeah, because. So I picked my phone up. I'm tr- I'm sorry if I'm wobbling. I'm trying to move it to get a bit more light because I know you want to see me yeah. pretty face. Paul, Paul Ennis um, has come along and said, I know uh, he's old, but why is Trev in candlelight? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. It won't happen again. But no, that was a, that was a wonderful game to go to. Uh, for And apart from one moment where Alba missed the penalty, I'm not going to dwell on it. That's long gone, long forgiven. But that goal Ramsey scored and the celebration and, and the point he made was was a great was a great moment for me. I enjoyed every second. And and Trev, that goal also and that game coincides with one of the, uh, by everybody else's account, and also my, mine included, uh, one of the uh, all-time classic Guns and Yellow Ribbon podcasts, episode 62. Uh, and what actually... Uh, Ramsey said when he pointed to the ground and looked at um, the Tottenham fans gone, he said, you rent this place you homeless scum. Go back listen to that. I was absolutely trolleyed. If you yeah, want to get over- one. <laughs> it's on Spotify it's on whatever podcast uh, platform you want. It's audio only, no video thank Christ. Could you imagine if that was video? <laughs> oh my good lord. <laughs> For myself <laughs> For myself, I've gone for one, again, personal reasons, uh, and it is Pepe. It was Pepe against Standard Liège, the second goal he scored, the free kick. He'd done two in succession. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I one, it was as sweet as the West Ham one that you talked about, uh, Mike, in, in the sense of like the curl of the ball and everything else. But I was there with my son and my grandson, and I looked at little Joseph, and I, I think I talked to, to you guys before about it, but it was confirmation that he got the bug. He's 10. He'll be 11 in January. His knees bent. His back went back. His head went up. And he just went, yes. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. And for me, that uh, will be an everlasting memory uh, for just a free kick for me. So that that's my that's my goal of the season for that reason. Listen, boys, um, thank you, as always, for joining in. Thank you, Rebecca, Terry, um, uh, Paul, Dave, Chris, uh, Richard, Alex. Who else we got? Um, Donna, Ryan, Kai, Anthony, uh, um, Nigel, Ross. Um, and many others in the chat. If I haven't mentioned your name, it's not be- uh, Martin. Um, it's not because I haven't seen uh, it's just there's there's quite a few. The chat is getting bigger and bigger every time. Thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you very much for taking part. If you're watching on YouTube, click the little bell and you'll get a reminder next time we come up. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, just follow uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons on Facebook and you'll get a reminder. Um, we do appreciate uh, when people uh, join in. We are Arsenal fans. This is by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans as our strap line. Um, I'd like to wish you, your family, your friends, everybody a very happy and healthy 2020. Uh, let the next decade be better than the last, uh, both on personal levels and also on uh, Arsenal levels. Boys, Trevor, Happy New Year to you and Donna. Happy New Year to you all, everybody. Happy New Year happy to you New all. Year. Steve, Happy New Year to you and the family. Okay, man, you too. Yeah. And everybody else. Scotty. Has Jay killed you for your post yet on Facebook? Obviously not yet, mate. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did get a slap. I knew you were on, 
Yeah, you got, got a still slap. very early. Yeah, I got <laughs> I've got a slap, and yeah, you, you know, that's the way it goes, well, isn't it? But yeah, it was funny. Happy New Year to you and Jay. Give her a big cuddle for me, and uh, say hello to the kids. Uh, wish I wish I'll give her a cuddle myself. <laughs> well, if you say it's for me, you might be back out of the doghouse. <laughs> You'll probably know. I'll probably just get backhanded, but yeah, I will do. Happy New Year to you guys as well. And Dan, you, Steve, Donna, uh, and all the family, uh, Happy New Year to you. And also, Happy New Year to um, uh, Max, Manny, uh, Johnny, uh, all all the rest of the Guns and Yellow Ribbons team. Uh, we got Jerome, Dan Thomas, uh, Crayola Man, <laughs> Boston Erzl. Uh, Boston Ozel, yeah, there's, there's all of those there who do a lot of little bits and pieces behind the scenes that uh, help me. Molina. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, 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 sh I should have written down a list. This just came off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would have made it easier to say, "Oh, Happy New Year to the Guns and Yellow Ribbons crew." <laughs> it would have. It would have. I'm just pounding it out to get the 60 minutes, and we're there. <laughs> no, I'm there we go. <laughs> Listen, Fergus, Fergus happy, happy New Year to you and Jack as well, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Boys, up the arse. Happy New Year and up the arse. Happy New Year, up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.